We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Remember R.J. Barrett's sweet pink suit that he wore at the NBA draft or some of the other formal wear he's been wearing at Tunnel Walks and all these other events? These are all Indochino suits and blazers. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Indochino's process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit those measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in just two weeks. You can measure and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or you can do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. So right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, again, the shipping is totally free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing, and you really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with a runway, lays it in. Zach Levine does it again. A The crossover, Levine. Get up or get out the way, Trey Young. All right, what up? This is Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. We're brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. We're also brought to you by ShipStation, Indochino, and Harry's. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm with Jason Pat, as always. Jason, got to say, this felt like a new low for the Chicago Bulls this week. Bulls on a three-game slide. They lose to Portland, a blowout loss at home, get owned by Carmelo Anthony. The next game, lose to Golden State. The Warriors, the worst team in the NBA, only had three wins coming into the game. Jim Boylan feels no shame in that loss, but God, I know I do as a fan. Lose to Portland the next night where Boylan basically said that it was a moral win because the Bulls didn't get their ass kicked. They were down 12. They came back hard or whatever. They still lose. Uh, Bulls 6-14 and 14 after 20 games. This is not where we expected this team to be after 20 games. You and I have been amongst the harshest critics uh, of the Bulls in their front office. And we both thought that this team could potentially make the playoffs. Now, as we begin recording today, 
The number eight seed in the Eastern Conference is the Orlando Magic at seven and eleven. So despite the fact that this has been a brutal season for the Bulls, the playoffs are still somewhat within reach. I think that uh, the fact that no one at the bottom of the East has really grabbed a steady hold of that last spot just shows that we weren't exactly wrong for thinking that the Bulls had a chance to make the playoffs this year. What we were perhaps overlooking was that Jim Boylan's the worst fucking head coach in the league. Lowry Markinen is not a franchise cornerstone whatsoever. The guy is a glorified role player, probably not much more. Zach Levine was never meant to be a leading man, and if he is, if he's the guy making high-level decisions, your team is going to have a hard glass ceiling on how good they can be. And the free agent signings, while we liked them at the time, they just haven't been good enough. From Thad Young to Thomas Sadoransky to Luke Cornett, this season is a disaster, Jason. I see no way out of the current funk the Bulls are in. And every single person in the organization, at every level, in terms of decision-making, deserves to get fired. Those people <laughs> are Michael Reinsdorf, the owner's son. If Jerry cared about this franchise, if he cared about winning, the first thing he would do is fire his son because Michael Reinsdorf is not fit to be the leader of an NBA franchise. John Paxson, who's had this job for 17 years as the Bulls' lead decision-maker, not good enough. You have people who don't even remember the jump shot he hit in 1993 at this point. They only know John Paxson is the man who tarnished one of the great franchises in the NBA, the Chicago Bulls. Dude hits one jumper and gets a job for life. It isn't fair. It's a travesty, and quite frankly, it's spitting in the face of a proud global fan base. You got Gar Foreman, who's a rat, who deserves to be fired before this podcast's over, but it's not enough. You have Jim Boylan, who has coached almost a full season in the NBA at this point and has done absolutely nothing to show he's a viable NBA head coach. He's done absolutely nothing to show that he's not the worst head coach in the NBA. All of those people, those four lead decision makers, should get fired. I'm going to throw Doug Collins in there, too. I criticized Doug Collins when the Bulls originally hired him. You brought in probably the most antiquated basketball mind in the NBA to be, like, your new voice in the room. Get out of the here. Same old garbage as always. Fire Doug Collins. All those guys have to go, Jason. And until that happens... We're going to be talking about the same fucking bullshit we always are, which is that the Chicago Bulls are not only one of the biggest embarrassments in the NBA, they are a humiliation to the proud city of Chicago. (laughs) So coming into this week, uh, after that crazy win over the Hornets, we were like, oh yeah, Bulls, maybe they go 3-0, maybe they go 2-1. Of course, like you mentioned, as you said, they go 0-3, get owned by Carmelo Anthony, now once but twice, and then that Warriors game was a complete joke. I was out on... uh, on was that Black Wednesday watching that Warriors game like a loser sitting at the bar. I was out with some friends, but I was sitting at the bar basically watching the game at fourth quarter by myself and just getting angrier and angrier. Pretty sure I fired off a couple of just very inappropriate tweets. But basically the whole, the thing was firing firing Jim Boylan is basically the common thread there. But you're right. I mean, it has, it's got to go, obviously be more go more than that. Go higher than that. I know Kali came out and said that Jerry Reinsdorf is livid, but it, it but then he only says Gar Foreman because I feel like Kali is always pointing at Gar, which is fine. I mean, fire, if you fired Gar Foreman, that's great. But, like, again, like you said, this goes higher than this. This goes to Paxson as well. And I, who knows how livid Jerry Ryan's actually is. But, yeah, I mean, 6-14 and 14 at this point in the season is absolutely unacceptable. To lose by 14 points to that Warriors team who would, like, Draymond played a little bit, but, I mean, no Steph, no Clay, no D'Angelo Russell. They're basically playing, like, it's Eric Pas- Pascal and, like, Omari Spellman and Kai Bowman out here just – and Alec Burks, Marcus Chris. Like, these guys are wrecking you. 
and you lose by 14 and Boylan that I believe that was the game where Will Purdue basically went off on Boylan right where he's like just stop smiling like in the post game because Boylan's like yeah no shame losing this game and he's got this big goofy grin on his face and per, uh, Will Purdue on NBC Sports Chicago afterwards he's just like no there is absolute shame and uh stop smiling after you lose these terrible games and then after that and when they lost to the Blazers again a little more competitive but they stayed close and then we saw they lose because they give up an offensive rebound nuked any comeback attempt then we have Boylan after that game he's fucking quoting feel the dreams like someone asked him like about winds coming he's like oh what was that movie again like if you build it they will come or the winds and I was like are you kidding me right the Bulls right now is six six and 14 we have Jimbo quoting feel the dreams to like try to make everybody feel better and just like I mean yeah I mean disaster is the is like the kindest way to put it uh I mean Boylan should not he, I mean, I, it's ridiculous that he got that extension. Like, I don't know if that's what's keeping him. The fact that he got that extension and what's happening now, I mean, it's just reason for obviously John Paxson to get fired and basically cleaning house at the front office. It's not going to happen yet. I mean, I know Paxson, supposedly Paxson and R- Michael Ryan's if we're on this West Coast trip. Like, if they go out and get smoked by the by the Kings tomorrow, may, maybe something happens. Like, I feel like something has to happen. You can't have this week that they just did uh, and and just and and, and just kind of kind of brush it off like oh it's it's early blah 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 like the schedule is going to get harder like this upcoming week is pretty easy quote-unquote easy we thought this week was easy it turns out to be but I feel like something has to happen if they lose this game to the Kings and they go winless on this road trip with the with these losses like something's got to give here it's ridiculous that they're six and 14 given the relatively easy nature of the schedule Firing Boylan's the easiest thing to do, but obviously, like you said, it goes so much higher than this. They're not going to fire Boylan. No, they're not. They love Boylan. I want to bring up a quote that Boylan had this week. This was in an article by Casey Johnson at NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, this this sort of caught my ear. This was right before the Bulls' second loss against the Blazers. Boylan basically reiterated that he had great support from the front office. He said, quote, they've been very supportive. What I do is include them in everything. They're in our team video sessions. John was at practice Thursday. There's no situation where they don't know what's being taught and how we're teaching it. So first of all, it's pretty fucking weird that John Paxson's in the team video session, isn't it? Uh, Doug Collins has way too much influence on this thing which I figured was going to be the case from the moment he was hired. I ripped the hiring of Doug Collins the day it happened. I stand by that. If he's your new voice in the room, I think that's an absolute disaster. Uh, They're not going to fire Boylan, Jason. They're not going to do it this year. And the reason they're not going to do it has nothing to do with money, despite the fact that Boylan's the lowest-paid coach in the NBA. Well, it might have a little to do with that because the rhinestores are cheap. But it's just because he deflects the blame away from management. Boylan takes no accountability on himself. He offers no solutions for how to fix the team's problems. And he doesn't even feel shame when they lose to the worst team in the league, a team without Steph Curry, without Klay Thompson. To the Bulls, this isn't anything... To Boylan, I should say, this season is a disaster, but it's not like it's a lost season because he sees progress, he sees incremental improvement. It's not good enough to everyone else watching, though, because (laughs) the Bulls set expectations at the beginning of the year. They said, we're going to be a playoff team. That's a totally reasonable expectation to have in the Eastern Conference, and they couldn't even do that. In fact, if they back their way into the 8th seed because everyone else in the East is so bad, they should refuse the playoff spot because they don't deserve the (laughs) dignity. Boylan is so awful. He needs to get fired right away. 
Uh, Bulls 29th in offense as we record this podcast out of 30 teams. In defense, they're still number 14. They actually lead the NBA in steals, which is pretty impressive. But this defense is going to fall apart any day now. The scheme that Boylan's deploying, the blitzing pick-and-roll coverage, we've been complaining about it the entire season. It's a paper tiger. Teams are missing wide-open jump shots against the Bulls right now. When they start to make those shots, this season's going to go even more off the rails. Mark Strotman, formerly of NBC Sports Chicago, tweeted that the Bulls have the hardest strength of schedule remaining in the Eastern Conference. To this point, the Bulls have had one of the easiest schedules through the first 20 games in the entire league. They are 6-14. and 14. They have lost in embarrassing ways week after week after week. Boylan has to be fired. Every time he opens his mouth, he's embarrassing the entire franchise. This entire organization is a just a fucking humiliation, man. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> it really, it, I, I don't even know what else to say. I, it really, it's it's brutal. Like I can't believe we're sitting here after the crazy win over Charlotte and they lose all three games. And basically, they they get humiliated. Like I know, like they get humiliated then first game against the Blazers. We talked about their defense. The Blazers came out. They did not shoot well from three in that game, but they just roasted the Bulls all game. Uh, Damian Lillard, Lillard was basically like not even trying to score much. He was basically just facilitating. Melo absolutely destroyed them. Uh, I think they put up like 117 despite not shooting that well from three. And then obviously the Warriors, one of the worst teams in the league, or arguably the worst, and they come out, they win by 14. And then the other Blazers game, like again, the Blazers didn't play that great. But again, Melo, huge bet. He looked great. Uh, the fact that we're watching these games and Carmelo Anthony is is badly outplaying Larry Markin is just shameful stuff. Like how how is this happening? Where how how did we get here at this point where Carmelo Anthony just off the street basically two weeks ago is coming out and badly outplaying Larry Markin? It just can't be happening. I don't don't know what's going on with him. We'll talk a bit more about him later down the road. But yeah, I mean there's there's just so many problems right now. And like even like again, like I said, they're, they're coming up. They have some very winnable games against no, terrible teams. But like. The Bulls winning a few bum slaying games. I mean, that's not going to fix anything. Like they've played, they've basically basically gotten their ass beat against any decent team, or they've been humiliated in some other fashion, like that Lakers choke choke job, the Bucks choke job down the stretch. They see any game against a good team, something just epically embarrassing has happened. So like, until they can even show anything decent against a good team, like there's just nothing to believe in. So they can come out, they could they could beat the maybe beat the Kings, who are I know they've been playing better lately, even without Bagley and without Darren Fox, but like. And then you beat the Warriors at home, or you beat like the Grizzlies, and you go on a little winning streak. I still wouldn't feel good about them unless they like completely destroyed them. But even then, like once they play an actual team, they get embarrassed all the time, and Boylan embarrasses them every time. Every time he opens his mouth, as you said, and us like uh, the fan base is definitely like sick of him. We we've kind of been talking about this for a while. Like even the C Red fans absolutely hate Boylan. Our guy C Red Fred hates Boylan. What he's been doing with the rotations and just all the goofy stuff. Uh, I, I, in terms of like firing him, you said they're not going to do it. Obviously, they're like in the tank with him. I also think they're probably using the Otto Porter Jr. injury as an excuse, like, oh well, we didn't have Otto, so like we were missing one of our key guys, and like when we've had Otto and since that we traded for him, like we've been pretty decent. Which I mean, he, th- that also just goes back to the fact that they have no depth on the wing, which was a problem that everyone saw coming in, which was kind of the, the damper of this offseason. The fact that you had like no usable depth, and then Chandler Hutchinson's hurt again, so you have guys. Chan can't stay healthy. You're playing, you're starting, you're trying to cycle through like Chris Dunn, Shaq Harrison playing at small forward. It's just a mess. That's a, that's a problem with the roster construction. The coaching has been bad. It's all been bad. Uh, before we talk about anything else, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. 
with the holiday rush here, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? Decide which shipping carrier to use? Or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. ShipStation works with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS. You can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. It's no wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holidays this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use the offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. It's a great offer. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page. Type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation. Make ship happen. Holidays coming up. Looking for a great gift for someone in your life? Guys can often get really boring gifts uh, after a while, if, like socks, ties, wallets, all that kind of stuff. Harry's is a gift that's both thoughtful and practical. Very useful. I've used some Harry's products. They're great. It's awesome. Great gift. Listeners, listeners of this show can get $5 off any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash bluewire. And the free shipping ends on December 16th. So act now. Why is Harry a perfect gift for guys? It's a great deal for you and for him. Holiday... Holiday sets start at just $20. That's within Secret Santa limits. And Harry's Blade refills are as low as $2 each, so your guy will save money over time. Comes ready to gift in a handsome holiday gift box. And your gift gives back as well. 1% of each sale will be donated to charitable organizations. As a special offer for fans of the show, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash bluewire. Plus, you'll get free shipping. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle with the option to engrave, a five-blade razor cartridges, a foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, and it's packaged in that handsome holiday gift box. Again, this free shipping ends on December 16th, so you must act now. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. One thing I want to complain about real quick, Jason, and we're back with cash considerations. Boylet's constantly contradicting himself in the media. I mean, he cannot put on a worse face when he's speaking with a microphone on in front of reporters. This guy is awful with the media. I think it probably is an indication that he's just a terrible leader in general. You saw that, what, a week into his tenure after they lost by 56 at home to the Celtics. It started the whole quote-unquote mutiny. I think that, you know, this guy just doesn't know how to speak to to anyone, players, reporters, whoever it is. So after the Warriors game, Boylan very smugly said that there's no shame in this loss. The next night, they lose to Portland. Boylan says, quote, this loss hurts. This is a painful loss. Every loss these guys take to heart. This was a hard fought loss. Give them credit. They made more plays in the end. So now it's embarrassing to lose, but... Two days ago, it wasn't when he lost to a worse team. I just don't understand it. Here's the fact of the matter, Jason. The Bulls are on pace for 24 wins. The last two years before this, 
they won what 22 last year and 27, 27. the year before that yeah. you're in the third year of a rebuild after trading jimmy butler you're on pace to win 24 games in the jv conference the jimmy butler trade was an f trading jimmy butler was one of the worst decisions john paxson ever made they didn't get enough in return for him. They should have just kept him and built a good team around him. They blame the fact that they had some idiotic free agent signings with Jimmy Butler in his prime with Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo. They blame that on Butler. And if the Bulls' idea for trading Jimmy Butler was to find a player better than Jimmy Butler, the common refrain was, well, Butler can't be the best player on a championship team. Well, then what the hell does that make Lowry Markin? And what the hell does that make Zach Levine and Chris Dunn? Because Jimmy Butler is still a top 10 to 15 player in the NBA. The Heat, I think, are 14 and 5 right now. Yep. One of the biggest surprises in the Eastern Conference. Butler is number 6 overall in PIPM. He is at least a top 15 player still. He's worth every penny the Heat are paying him going forward. And the fact that the Bulls didn't have a good enough team with, uh, with Jimmy Butler is on everyone but Jimmy Butler because Butler was a straight-up stud his last year on the Bulls. If you look at his numbers, they compare very, very favorably to Derrick Rose's MVP season. Butler very well may have been better than Rose in his final season with the Bulls. Statistically speaking, the team didn't win as much. They certainly had a way worse coach. They had a way worse supporting cast. Butler was not the problem. The fact that Butler was given the blame for failing, for that team failing, is a total joke. Dwayne Wade's the worst signing in Bulls free agent history. <laughs> John Paxson should have been fired the second he signed Dwayne Wade. The fact that he gave him a player option on the second year of that deal is honestly comical. Dwayne Wade's laughing all the way to the bank. It's just such an embarrassment top to bottom, Jason. And if you think Jim Boylan is the guy who's going to turn this ship around... I think that's already a lost cause. Yeah, like, I've tried to move on from the Butler trade just because I said it was terrible at the time. I tried to buy more into it when Lowry and Zach actually looked decent last season. But now, at this point, like it's definitely looking like a total failure. And Jim Boylan's a failure. Uh, this rebuild right now is a total failure in year three. Like, I mean, like if this keeps going like it's going and they whatever they win, whatever, mid-20s, high-20s, this pace keeps going, like... I feel like you just you literally have to blow everything up and just totally probably start from scratch again. Uh, I don't even know what you'd get in trade and stuff like that, but yeah, just pretty much a failure right now all around. I'm not totally sure how it's gonna how it's going to turn around. I guess since we're talking, we're you called the Jimmy Butler trade an F. We definitely know J- Jim Boylan is an F. Let's do real quick. Let's go through since we're at the quarter mark of the season and let's kind of go through some just some quick player evaluation, some quick player grades. Uh, and hands hand some out here before we wrap up with some fan questions. Uh, so let's start. I guess let's start with Zach Levine. What uh, Levine's? He's had a few decent games recently, but I know we've obviously talked at length that he's just not a number one guy. Like I don't even want. Like I don't want to like trash in him too much because again we've said this. He's miscast as, as the top guy. What grade would you give Zach Levine's first quarter? C minus. Levine needs structure. He needs discipline. He has none of that playing for the Chicago Bulls. I don't know when they're going to find a player who's obviously like better than him in terms of being an offensive star because until that happens, Levine's going to continue to misbelieve he's the number one option on the team. What they should do is take the ball out of his hands, let Sadoransky and Wendell Carter make every decision. If you're asking to grade Levine's performance through the first quarter of the season, I give him a C-. minus. Uh, he's gotten worse. He hasn't gotten better. I do expect him to have a better, you know, final three quarters than his first quarter 
But at this point, it's like, what are you really accomplishing with Zach right. Levine on the team if he's your best player? C minus. Yeah, I was probably going to say like a C, and that's probably grading on a curve just because he is in a bad spot. But yeah, he hasn't gotten better defensively. The offense has not taken a step forward. So I mean, yeah, definitely. I would, he, he's had he's had a few games where he's won them games, which is the only reason why I'm giving him just a flat out C. Okay, and then obviously we go to Larry Markin. I, I mean, he's got to be a total F. I, mean, I was looking at I was staring at his numbers yesterday. He's shooting like sub thirty five percent, like twenty nine percent from three. Like the only thing he's doing better this year is like he's getting the line a bit more. But like what? Obviously, I'm assuming you're going straight after Larry Markin. What is the, what is his deal? Like what? I mean, what at this point? Like what do we make of it? It's a quarter of the way through the season. How is he still this bad? Markin in grade F. Uh, what's really bizarre is that he's shooting 47% at the rim. That is, like, absolutely <laughs> awful for a 7-footer. I don't know if yeah. there's a 7-footer in NBA history that shot below 50% within 3 feet, but 47% within 3 feet at the rim is absolutely pathetic. Markkinen's missed 8 dunks this season. Just through November, he's missed 8 dunks! He can't make a jump shot to save his life. Not just a 3-pointer, but jump shots in general. He's been putrid... Uh, he looks a step slow. He looks physically weak. He is just, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to blame too much of this on marketing. I think most of the blame deserves, or all the blame deserves to go to ownership and management. Uh, marketing, I do think could still be a good player, but he needs to play with a superstar as well. He needs to play with someone like Luka Doncic, someone like LeBron, someone like Jimmy Butler. He still can't create his own offense. Only 70, 70% of his baskets have been assisted this year. Uh, man, the Bulls should probably trade him. Because <laughs> I think that he has more trade value than anyone else on the roster. They'd be he, selling so low well, on he him. He has though. to get hot. He has yeah. to get hot, which he will at some point. But he's just not good enough. I mean, he can't create his own offense. He sucks at defense. Uh, you know, he's got to be basically spoon-fed to score. So... Trade his ass. I mean, he'd be good maybe with a better team, but uh, I don't know. He's he's got probably got the most trade value on the team, so I'm thinking I'd flip him. I I just can't do it right now. Just was I feel like you'd be selling so low. Like you said, he'd you'd have he'd have to get a bit better. But then if he gets better, then they're probably banking on that, like sticking around. Yeah, I don't know how to fix it. You could probably blame the offense. You could blame him not having a high level creator next to him and him just not being as good as we thought he was. But yeah, I mean, just total fail of this first quarter. Uh, I guess if we want to be a little more upbeat for once on this pod Wendell Carter Jr. has probably been the Bulls best player over this first part of the season like I would I don't know if I can go a range yet because I still feel like he's just although part of it is also on the coaching he's just not used correctly I'd probably give Wendell Carter Jr. like a b plus like I said he's pretty he's kind of a double double machine these days he's still a bit limited offensively his jumper has not looked good but again he doesn't shoot them because I'm assuming he's being told not to like at some point they just gotta let him shoot. What what do you what do you give Wendell Carter Jr.? I give him an A minus because I think he has thrived in spite of the Bulls, not because of yeah. the Bulls. If anything, the Bulls are holding him back. They won't let him pass, they won't let him shoot. Those are the only two things that made him special. Uh, instead they're using him like he's DeAndre Jordan, just standing in the dunker spot when he doesn't have great size, he doesn't have great explosiveness. He's kind of an oddball player, and for him to be used so conventionally and still to be a double-double machine every night, still to be the best player on the team, credit to Wendell. And the reason I'm giving him an A is because despite the fact that Wendell Carter is not old enough to enter a bar, he's the only (laughs) adult in this entire organization. He's been the voice of the team the entire year. 
Boylan should just fire himself, like we always say about Paxson, and let Wendell coach the team. I honestly believe Carter would be a better coach than Boylan at this point. He at least has shown more leadership throughout his entire Bulls tenure than Boylan has. I love Carter's leadership. I think it's a crime how they're using him. He's still been pretty damn good. I give him an A. Yeah, Carter had some great quotes. I think it was after the Warriors game. Because when, while Boylan was saying, oh, no shame, no shame, Wendell was like, yeah, there is shame. And if you remember going back to last offseason, like Wendell had that whole Instagram post, like basically apologizing to the fans for them sucking so much last year. And he's been kind of doing it again. Like he's he's definitely, like you said, voice of reason, just very, very mature with his quotes. And he's also, I think, kind of sub kind of subbed Boylan a few times talking about their defensive scheme. I think Levine did recently as well, although Levine talking about defense at this point, whatever. But Wendell, I feel, I feel like they've talked about some of the issues with the defense and the court, the shame stuff. Yeah, Wendell, is, is, if there's anything, if like if the Bulls are looking ahead and they don't think Lauer and Lavina are the guys that they need to re- – and it's looking like they're not right now, like Wendell is a guy that should be around for a while because he's just a, a damn solid player. I don't know how, he'll, how good he'll actually be, but the guy looks like a keeper, solid player both ends of the floor. The Bulls just don't have many of those. So he's been really solid. Uh, let's see, going down the roster, Otto Porter is like an incomplete. Let's let's go look some. Let's look at some of the new guys. How about uh, let's go with let's go with Kobe White first. So Kobe White, his numbers look absolutely terrible now. Like, well, not terrible, but he's shooting like thirty five percent overall, like thirty two percent from three. He had he got yanked. Boylan says he doesn't yank guys. He yanks guys. He yanks guys all the time. He yanked Kobe White real quick on that last Blazers game. I believe it was for a terrible shot selection. And we know that's been an issue with Kobe. Um. So yeah, his obviously his efficiency is awful. He's had a few games where he's won. I feel like I'm going to give him a C, maybe a C plus B minus, even with his bad shooting, simply because he's basically won them two games. This is basically what I expected from him as just this young point guard who's not really a point guard, point guard yet, not ready. Uh, but just the fact that he's gotten hot and had a few, had maybe the most fun moments of the season. Uh, again, that's kind of grading on a curve, but yeah, C plus B minus for Kobe White for me. So Kobe had 28 in the game where Levine had the moment of the season against the Hornets. He followed that up by going 0-7 against Golden State and then 3-13, uh, versus Portland. So Kobe, I'm going to give him a B minus to me. Kobe has one very impressive NBA skill, which is that he is able to get his own offense at will. The guy can get up shots. Uh, which, you know, he hasn't been efficient, so you don't really think of that as a positive. But I do think it's a strong indication for a 19 or 19-year-old right now uh, to be getting up shots so easily. He's got to just be able to make shots off the dribble. And, like, his game yeah. is very dependent on making the most difficult shots in basketball. So, I don't know. He doesn't have a lot of easy outs to be an impactful player because... Uh, you know, he's not really physically strong enough to get to the rim and finish. He's basically just going to have to be a really good shooter, both off the dribble and from a catch and shoot. I actually like his defense more than I thought I would. I think he's a pretty sharp defensive player. He's obviously really fast. I like his competitiveness. I think he's another one who has some leadership qualities. Uh, so I give him a B minus. I think that, you know, he hasn't been very efficient, but he's been better defensively than I thought. He takes a lot of shots, but not necessarily a bad thing given the context of the team, so I'm still hopeful for Kobe moving forward. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Uh, let's finish up with these grades. Uh, just the the free agent signings. You talked, you mentioned before about how they kind of haven't panned out as we hoped. We all liked a lot of the moves that they made with Thaddeus Young, Tomas Sadaransky, Luke Cornett. We thought those were pretty solid moves, and so far, uh, probably not. I mean, Thad has been like okay. Sadaransky has been okay get cornet's been absolutely atrocious like i think he's been an f uh i feel like 
Thad and Sad Sad have like C's at best. Like I don't think they've been terrible, but like Thad has definitely not been as an as impactful as he was with the Pacers last season. Sadoransky's had a few good games, and I feel like he has his moments, but again, like, I, feel, I mean, if you look at his, like, shooting numbers, Sadoransky's, like, shooting numbers, like, look pretty good. It's just, like, I feel like he looks worse because Levine and Lowry have looked so much worse. Like, I feel like Sadoransky's kind of done, like, if you look at his overall numbers, they're kind of where, similar to what they were last season with the Wizards. Yeah, I mean, shooting 44% from three. Uh, five assists per game, low, low turn. I guess he's turning the ball over a bit more this year. But, I mean, in terms of, like, his scoring rates, his scoring numbers, like, they're fine. They just look bad because I thought he'd be just, a, like, a nice complimentary piece to Lowry and Levine, like, being much better. Since they look so much worse, and with Otto out, I feel like Sadoransky's kind of just, like, kind of being there just doesn't look as good because he just doesn't – he's not flashy. He doesn't put up big numbers. And we keep saying he, he needs to shoot more, he needs to shoot more. But he's never really been that guy. He's, he's taking one more shot per game than he was last year in one fewer minute. So it's like he's just been – I mean, so yeah. So like C is probably for Thad and Sadoransky, F for Cornette. F for Cornette, no doubt. I really thought Cornette would have been better. Uh, you know, apparently that was a Boylan signing. That's another thing Casey Johnson yeah. wrote this week is that Boylan – actually got some input in the offseason additions. I mean, what the hell? Why is this dummy getting input in the offseason additions? It's because John Paxson likes him because he talks to him. Every other coach realized Paxson was a dumbass the moment he got hired. Boylan's just been kissing his ass the entire time, so uh, he has a great job of security. Back to your actual question. I like Thad Young. I think it's a crime that Thad Young's playing 21 minutes a game. He's yeah. the seventh most played player on the team right now. That's a crime. I need a lot more Thad Young in my life if the Bulls are going to make any sort of meaningful push towards the playoffs. It's another strike against Boylan, the argument being that he's the worst coach in the NBA. I want Thad Young playing 30 minutes a night. I'll give him a B-. minus. I still like Thad Young. I think that, uh, you know, he was always a very good player before this year. He's still been a solid player, but it's tough when everything around you is a train wreck. Sadoransky, he's shooting like 45% from three and like 88% from the line. He's still getting a good amount of assists given the minutes he plays. I just want more Sadoransky in my life. And what Sadoransky needs to realize is that the Bulls are about as talented as the Czech Republic national team and that he has to do everything. So Sadoransky, go take 25 shots in a game. Like Kobe White (laughs) should not be doubling your shot attempts. You're a better player than Kobe White right now. Just force your own offense. It doesn't even matter if you aren't as efficient as you'd like to be to your standards because no one else on this team is any better. Uh, I have been a bit disappointed with both of them because I thought that, you know, they would move the Bulls towards meaningful improvement, and that just hasn't happened. Yeah, I mean, again, I think some of it just comes back to just Lowry and Levine just not taking that step. With them being bad and with Otto being out, there's just a trickle-down effect. And these other guys who just haven't looked as good because the Bulls look terrible because their best guys aren't playing well. Like, Thad has made some nice hustle plays and does smart stuff. Sadoransky's had some nice games and moved the ball pretty well at times. But when the other, when those top-line guys look terrible, it just kind of trickles all the way down. Uh, let's finish here with some rapid-fire Q&A here. We got some questions here from from uh, our Twitter users here. Let's let's just do this real quick So before we wrap up here. First, from Wits End at Catalonia CNT. Is Jim Boylan the worst coach of the NBA this decade? I'll just say yes. I mean, the Bulls are on pace for 24 wins in the third year of a rebuild. Uh, I mean, I can't really think of another one off the top of my head. Like, if you're talking about the, if you really want to put this in hyperbole, is he worse than Tim Floyd? That's where I keep coming back to. 
those teams were like just had no, no had such little talent. I mean, those were like were like so I don't know. Like if, I'm trying to think of other just like widely mocked like NBA coaches the last decade, and they, I mean, who, I feel like who got who got, would get left. Yeah, like him, like Mike. I feel like Mike Woodson got left, but those are all just I don't know if they were like that terrible because they were on the Knicks and like and it just all looked really bad. So like I don't know. Yeah, I I, I feel like in terms of just like. Be, say, saying even just like his the media presence, I would say Boylan's probably got the worst media presence out of like any coach I've ever seen. Like, it's it's just brutal because after, after every game, obviously following the Bulls, we follow them closer than any other team. But like, after, like I said, after every game, he says something that's just like that makes you want to just like, what what are you talking about? And combine that with what happens in game, it's it's bad. It's so like I I don't know if I'd say definitively, but he he's got to be up there, especially if this keeps going on. Uh, next from Noah at Nemo Greenstein. We've gotten all decade Bulls starting fives before. I know Darnell Mayberry at the Athletic did a uh, all decade Bulls team. It was like I think it was Butler, Rose, Noah, Taj, uh, and who that was it? Dang, I, th- I believe it was. Uh, what is the all decade Bulls bench team? We got you could include Taj there too, and then you got obviously they've had a lot of good bench players recent years. Nate Robinson, Kyle Korver. Uh, who who are some of your favorite Bulls bench guys from this past decade? Love a chic. I think Ashik was fantastic when uh, his body allowed him to be, so let's put Omar on there. Uh, Robin Lopez was pretty good for him for a few years, so I liked him. Uh, gotta go with Nate Rob. I mean, Nate Rob gave Nate. me one of my favorite Bulls moments of the decade, which was that incredible playoff game against the Brooklyn Nats. Uh, who are we forgetting here? Bell- Marco Bellinelli had the sweet, uh, the ball. The ball celebration was kind of funny. Obviously, Corver for a couple of years was very good until they traded him for nothing. Another great move. Uh, I mean, the bench mob. The bench mob was it was like C.J. Watson, uh, like Ronnie Brewer, Ashik, Corver, Kurt uh, Kurt Thomas for shoving LeBron. Maybe wasn't that him? Oh like, yeah, Kurt Thomas ruled. Big sexy, <laughs> big sexy, my guy. Yes, They're, the Bulls obviously. Yeah, with those bench mob, those guys were a lot of fun to watch. They couldn't score for crap, but they defended the hell out of you. Nico. Uh, we didn't name Nico. I mean, Nico. Oh yeah, he had some good moments. He had some frustrating moments, but he did. Uh, let's move on. Uh, this is from Stephen Taylor at Torcho Two. Should we hire David Fizdale when the Knicks are finally dumb enough to fire him? I would say no. From what I've seen from Fizdale, he's kind of a fraud. Maybe that is the, the Knicks just being the Knicks, but he got whatever. He got fired from the Grizzlies relatively quick. Uh, some of the stuff he said and his, the mindset, the schemes. Uh, seems kind of just off there, so I would probably say no to that. How about you? No to Fizdale. Okay, yeah, that's we're both on the same page. He had the goofy stuff about the load management, like RJ, and I saw some. He's been benching. He's he was almost some of the stuff I've seen has almost been kind of boiling vibes. Obviously, the Knicks are a dumpster fire in general. It's not all his fault, but not great from what I've seen. And I feel like Knicks fans aren't a big fan either. This is from Ryan at Ryan Q Davis. This is an old colleague of. Of mine, where do the Bulls rank among the among the worst NBA franchises since the turn of the century? So, I, I, or are we gonna say whatever last decade? Even I guess they're they above have the had Knicks. It. Yeah, I mean the Knicks are worse. The Kings, uh, the are, Kings worse. are worse. The Timberwolves are worse. Like it's it's kind of hard because like the Bulls have gone to a lot of playoffs. They just haven't won anything like meaningful, and they've had so much drama with their front office with with the stuff. So it's like I wouldn't say they're they're definitely not the worst. They're probably not third worst. I mean they're maybe like. Maybe bottom five because I mean obviously the Knicks and the Kings and I mean the Timberwolves have like a thirteen or fourteen year playoff drought. Like who are I mean the Suns have been a huge joke for a while. Like there have been some other really bad NBA franchises. So like I don't want, I don't want to put the Bulls all the way at the bottom 
even with all the issues that they've had. Yeah, I agree with you. Suns, Kings, Knicks, all worse. Probably Timberwolves worse as well. For sure, Timberwolves are worse. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, things could be worse. They could have passed on Luka Doncic for Marvin Bagley. <laughs> they could have passed on Luka Doncic for DeAndre Ayton. They could have signed Sean Kilpatrick to win some meaningless games instead of tanking for Luka Doncic. Oh, wait, the Bulls oh, wait. did that. Uh, the Bulls, you know, ha- have some pride, have some standards. You had Michael Jordan, man. You had Michael Jordan. How many decades more can you live off that? Because the Bulls still this year, here's a stat for you, Jason. Number six in the NBA in attendance. I believe they were number two last year during a terrible season. So uh, but wouldn't it be something if the Bulls actually went won fewer games each year this rebuild? Because they won 27 <laughs> the first year and then 22 last year. They is won it, like 20 this year. Is it possible they could win 21 games this year? They're only on pace for 24. Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it'll be that. If, the, if I mean, if there are some, like, bad injuries, like, I guess if, like, Levine went down, even though they've, like, been – I don't know. Like, if there are some bit more bad injuries, maybe uh, – but yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if there there were a lot of injuries last year and they won twenty two, I mean, if they stay mostly healthy, like, and they still win like twenty five, that's probably a worse season, like, because there were a Definitely. good amount of injuries last year. I mean, even if they didn't have injuries last year, they probably would have still won, probably around like twenty seven again. So yeah, if they win, I think they'll still go over twenty two. Right now, I still think they'll get to maybe thirty. I I still can't grapple with the fact that they're as bad as they are it's absolutely ridiculous that they're six and 14 right now and some of the losses they've had i just can't really believe it uh let's go a couple, couple more here before we finish uh here's this one kind of ties in with the bulls just as an organization being weird with like the weird injury stuff lack of transparency transparency and injuries well, to kind of just with Otto porter jr how they like didn't realize how bad his injury was and now like lowry like do you think lowry's actually hurt like what do you think is the deal with that and just like we i feel like this has been a thing for a while there with the bulls i feel like a lot of teams are like this is just really shady with injuries and just like being just i don't know it's just just weird stuff with injuries like wh- like do you think lowry is actually like hurt i feel like if he is they should sit him because he's hurting the team and himself out there and who knows what's this auto thing like i'm expecting it at some point he's just oh he's gonna be like out for the season like i feel like that this is another thing that makes them look bad right with all these weird injury stuff yeah and we had another question from megan horsteed who asked should the bulls send marketing to windy windy city bulls <laughs> down to the g league uh, I would probably stop short of doing that, but something's wrong with Larry Markkinen right now, man. He just doesn't look like he has the same athletic pop he had before. What happened to the guy who had everyone fawning over the size of his biceps in the offseason, yeah, right. right? Like, I he guess. looks physically weak. He looks a step slow. Uh, you know, maybe don't have a son at 21. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, he just looks like he doesn't he looks like something's wrong with him i don't know if it's physical mental i feel bad for him i don't Oof. pin all the blame on Markinen, but he's not good enough to be your cornerstone player so whatever has happened with him uh his career has really gone down the tubes at a terrible time because if he just would have put together another solid season he was getting minimum 90 million in a contract yeah. extension and now like i don't even know what you paid to this guy if you hold i mean if, if if he doesn't get mart like a lot better like I've, he's not gonna be this bad all year i would think he's shooting 35 damn percent but if he just like gets a little better I, I wouldn't extend them at all i mean you let him hit restricted free agency and see what happens like you said trade him i don't think that they'll trade him but i feel like you just don't extend him unless he's willing to take some really team-friendly deal which he will not do after a terrible season like that wouldn't make sense for him either you'd think he'd want to bet on himself so 
If this kind of keeps going as it is, I don't think there'll be any extension for Lowry ne- next offseason where we thought it would be a no-brainer that that was going to happen at some point. But, yeah, it's bad. I don't get it. Uh, here's a funny one. Chris Jensen, at Chris F. Jensen. He hasn't watched the Bulls that much recently, but now he bought a Sweet Bulls hoodie. He's been watching it again. Now that they suck, what should you do with the hoodie? you got to keep it. If it's a cool hoodie, you spend a lot of money on it. Don't do the burn thing. I mean, I guess you could give it to charity. Somebody could always use a nice hoodie in this these dark these Chicago winters. But I don't know. I bought I've bought a I got a bunch of bull stuff and I still wear it all the time, even though they suck. Maybe that maybe I'm the idiot for doing that. But keep the hoodie, Chris. Keep it. I have nothing to add. Sounds like <laughs> uh, and then this last one here. We kind of talked about Doug Collins earlier. This, this is from William Martin at W underscore M underscore Martin. She kind of asked, what's the deal with Doug Collins? What is he doing behind the scenes? Or is he just a name to draw the heat away from guard packs? <laughs> and then also, what should I do with my Bulls win over under ticket? Yes, I probably I said they'd win over as well. Uh, you should probably just shred that now. Although I guess maybe they'll turn it around and go over whatever, 34. Probably not. Doug Collins, like, well, you kind of mentioned him earlier. Like, what, what is, like, he was mentioning that report about, from Cowley about Gar Foreman. Uh, like that. Oh yeah, Doug Collins isn't like Gar either. And it's like, I, what, what, what is it that you do here? It's just like him and Paxson being buddy buddy, and like they're kind of just do their thing forever because Ryan Swarf will never fire John Paxson. Like I, that's like that's like all I got. Like he never makes an appearance. He doesn't talk. Like you hear his name like once every once in a blue moon. Like there's no reason to think that Doug Collins actually does anything besides like be Paxson's bud and like whisper in his ear. I don't, I, really, I don't really get it. They hired Doug Collins because they're starting to get some criticism. They needed more outside voices in the room. So what does John Paxson do? He hires his brother and he hires his former coach, Doug Collins. I actually don't know if Paxson was on the team when Collins was still the Bulls coach. He probably wasn't actually, but obviously Doug Collins has a big fan in Jerry Reinsdorf. Doug Collins is still pretty revered in the Bulls organization, obviously. The fact they brought him back only confirms that. I hated the fact that they brought in Doug Collins. I hate the fact that they brought in Jim Paxson. Fire all of these idiots. They (laughs) never should have been added to the mix in the first place. Uh, And then he brought up the Bulls over-under. So, you know, I talk a lot about taking accountability. I need to take some accountability here because I wrote that the Bulls would hit the over and an SBNation.com post. I feel like a sucker. I cannot believe that I bought into this. And a lot of people did. The preseason optimism was there for a reason. If anything, it only reinforces that Boylan's the worst coach in the league because of how this season has gone. But shame on me, you know. For, oh, for I'm, I'm, the the, I'm, I'm right the there with you. I, yeah, I said they were going to do it too, and I said it last year. I got suckered into it last year. I got suckered into it this year. And now, it's, I mean, right now they're 6-14. and 14. I think the, most of runners, like I said, were like 33, 34. So I guess they could kind of turn it around and still be kind of bad and maybe get there. But I mean, obviously at this point they'd have to – basically play like 500 ball the rest of the year it was or what did they have to say they have 35 wins i mean they have to they could still be kind of bad and maybe get there but right now it's definitely not looking good especially again with the schedule with the schedule getting tougher for the for most of the rest of the season not not quite yet again this upcoming week before we finish off here they they play the kings monday night and then they play the grizzlies wednesday night warriors friday night a couple home games that they should win again we, we've said this last week too these games they should win if they lose like I would. I expect them to lose to the Kings. If they lose either of those Grizzlies Warriors games at home, that's ridiculous. They finish up Sunday, uh, next Sunday at Miami, which I would assume will be a loss. I, I would guess a two and two week. Maybe they go three and one at best. Which I mean, again, I can't really guess that now because they've looked so bad. Ricky, you got anything left 
left over? Are we we good here? We've ranted for a while here. We've gone a little longer than we wanted to, but any any other final thoughts? I'm just so pissed off after this week because it confirms that the Bulls are absolutely hopeless. Even if they do go on a run, it doesn't mean anything because they've had no meaningful improvement this year. Uh, every single person who works for the organization should be ashamed of themselves. And it's <laughs> yep. an insult to the fans, a proud global fan base. Just embarrassing, man. Horrible. It, we'll talk it next is week, brutal. but this week was trash, and I don't expect it to get any better as long as Jim Boylan's the coach and John Paxson's the lead decision maker. Yeah, it is rough. I will actually be going to Mexico for a wedding this week, so I'm going to be get out of Bulls Dodge for a bit. Uh, maybe I'll come back to a new coat. Maybe I'll come back to a cleaning a cleaning house. Maybe they'll lose. Maybe again, maybe if they lose to like the Grizzlies or Warriors, maybe that'll be the final straw, and I come back from Mexico uh, to. <laughs> to a fired coach or a fired front officer, both or just a total clean house. That would be kind of, they'd be both terrible, embarrassing, and shameful because of how bad they've been, but also maybe a nice fresh start after coming back from uh, Mexico. But yeah, that has been all for Cash Considerations this week. As always, we're brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Shout out to all our sponsors, Indochino, ShipStation, Harry's. Shout out to all of them. Go check out all those deals that we we were talking about. And as always, for Blue Wire Pods, go check out our, our Twitter account at Blue Wire Pods. Go check out all the all the other podcasts. We're on the Blue Wire Network. We've got tons of good ones. For us at Cast Considerations, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your pods. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all those great places, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, Jason and Ricky, Cash Considerations. I will not be on this next week one, but Ricky hope, uh, will have a guest. We'll, we'll get that locked down. So, Uh, I'll be back in a couple weeks, though, to talk more Bulls basketball. So that is all. Take it easy, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.